Good morning and welcome to our Daily Word and Prayer. My name is Tom Short, so glad to have you along with us today. And I hope today as we get in the Word of God, this morning's message will encourage you. And if you ever felt like giving up, if you ever felt like, boy, it's tough, it's hard, and and uh, is God done working with me, and am I making progress, am I kind of stuck, not making progress, and I feel like giving up, or if you know someone like that, because everybody feels that way at some time. I felt that way. I've had times when someone else had to come alongside and encourage me, because without that, I just was felt like giving up. I just felt like, why keep at it? And I have been able to be that encourager, and I've been the recipient of that encouragement. This morning, I want to give you something that I think, I hope will encourage you and help you know how to encourage others. And that's as we continue in the book of Philippians. Here's where we've been this week, and we want to continue today with chapter 1 and verse 6. This is such a exciting verse. Look at what Paul says. For I'm confident of this very thing, that he who began a good work in you will perfect it until the day of Christ Jesus. Perfect it means he's going to bring it to absolute completion. The work God has begun in you, he's going to finish. What God starts, God finishes. He doesn't start something and then fail to finish it. This is the way our God is. Well, you and I do. I've started a lot of things I don't finish, but not God. God finishes what he began. We see this right in the very beginning. I mean, the biggest thing God could ever do was create the universe. And after six days, what does it say? And the Lord finished. And often throughout Scripture, we see people, great men of God and women of God who, who did great things that talk about how they finished. And interestingly, we're not going to look at this much today, but interestingly, when people finished thing is when the glory of God came. Jesus said in John 17, I glorified thee on earth having finished or having accomplished what you gave me to do. And of course, at the end of his life, he said then just hours later, it is finished. When they finished the temple, the glory of the Lord filled the temple. When they finished the tabernacle, the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. God believes in finishing and he's going to finish what he began. Let's take a moment and think of what is the work of God in our lives. The work of God has to do with re, re, restoring, recovering what was lost through sin. When Adam went independent of God, did his own thing, autonomous, shall we say, is the word of, of uh, we use in our day. When he went independent or autonomous of God, that was sin, and it brought such destruction. And God has been in the process of bringing people back to him. The fundamental problem we must remember the fundamental problem with humanity is we're separated from God. The fundamental answer is to get back with God, to be reconciled to him through Jesus Christ. Jesus came to save us from our sins. It was announced, uh, the angel announced to Joseph that in Matthew chapter 1 that he will save us, he will save his people from their sins. And there's three tenses of this salvation. Let's review them quickly. Number one, we have been saved, those of us who are in Christ, who've been born again, we have been saved, past tense, from the penalty of sin. This is called justification. My sins are forgiven. I've been, given, I've been made righteous in the eyes of God. This is my standing, my position before God. Secondly, though, in the present tense, 
our salvation from sin. We are being saved, present tense, from the power of sin. This is called sanctification, in which I'm being made progressively holy, that I should be more holy this year than I was last year. I should be more becoming more and more like Christ, more and more holy, more and more righteous in my practical experience. Now, I can't be in my standing before God, I can't be any more righteous than I am because my righteousness is based on Christ. That's justification. But in my day-to-day experience, that's based on my faith and my obedience. Do I believe what God says about me? We talked earlier this week about how God has made us holy. Do we believe that and do we live that way or not? And, and if we believe that and live in obedience to God's commands, we become progressively more holy uh, throughout our lives. And then finally, in the future tense, we will be saved from the presence of sin. This is called glorification when we go when the day of Christ is called. And this is what Paul is saying here, that God is working in us. He's perfect, he'll perfect it or bring it to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. That's glorification. That's when we will reign with him, be revealed with him in glory, and, and be with him forever and ever in his presence. Now, this process, this is what God is doing. He's saving us from sin. But ultimately, it's more than just what we're not. This is something we've got to always remember is in the Christian life isn't only defined by what we don't do, that we aren't sin. Because Remember, sin is more than just an action. Sin is to say, to, to declare and to live as if I am independent of God. I am establishing God is not on the throne. I'm, I am. And so when I repent of that, when I turn from that, not only do I then repudiate the deeds of the flesh, for instance, that independence from God, but I go to something. I become something. It's not only what I'm not, it's what I am. This is important for us, and many Christians don't see this. They don't think in these terms. They define their Christian experience in terms of what I'm not. Well, I don't, I don't do this anymore. I don't do that anymore. I don't commit those sins anymore. Well, that's, that's part of it, but that's only half of it. The other half is what we're becoming. And let's look at what in 1 John chapter 3, John tells us, he says, Beloved, now we are the children of God, and it's not appeared as yet what we will be. We know that when he appears, we will be like him because we will see him just as he is. This is talking about the day of Christ. This is talking about when Christ comes back, when he appears, when we see him, we will be like him. This is glorification. This is what will happen in that glorification time. We'll be like him. We'll, we'll, we'll be glorified. And eyes not seen, ears not heard, exactly what that means. We'll be transformed into the very image of Christ. We won't be God. You're not going to become deity, but you will have the, you'll be, you will become all that God had intended for you to be in the creation, reflecting the very image of God of Jesus Christ, and the what was lost when Adam forfeited it in the fall will be fully restored, finally fully restored. All three aspects of salvation, forgiven, justified, righteous, holy, and experienced, glorified now. You'll be like Christ. We'll be, we will see, be like him as we see him. We'll see him just as he is. We'll be like him. 
Well, what an amazing thing. And might I add as a little side note here, the more we see Jesus now by faith, in the eyes of faith, the more we become like him now. It said, 1 John 3, 3 says, he who sets his hope on this purifies himself just as he is pure. If you want to be more and more pure, set your hope on Jesus Christ, set your eyes on Jesus Christ, look to him and see him with the eyes of faith. Now, the more you see him and worship him, you're attracted to him, the more you become like him. That's pretty awesome. Now, does this create passivity in our lives? Some people it does. They say, well, I'm not going to be perfected till the day of Christ, and then I'll be like Jesus no matter what happens here on earth. And so it can create passivity in some people. It's not intended to. It's tended to create inspiration in you. Wow. God is taking a decrepit, wicked, dead sinner. He makes us alive. And not only does he forgive us, but he's transforming us to be more and more like Jesus. That's awesome, folks. That ought to inspire us. That ought to encourage us. And that's what Paul says. Well, we're not going to look at this in depth because we'll see this here in a week or two when we get into chapter two. But Paul writes in Philippians chapter two, he says, so then my beloved, in light of these things, just as you've always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out your salvation with fear and trembling. This is a challenge. Work out your salvation. This is this process of sanctification. Work it out. The things that work that sin out of your life, work that obedience in your life, becoming more and more under the authority of Christ in more and more areas of your life. Work it out. He doesn't say work for your salvation. You've got salvation. You have been justified. You have been saved from the penalty of sin. But now working it, this process of sanctification is to work it out. And, and how do you work it out? He says, work it out. But remember, for it is God who's at work in you, both to will and to work for his good pleasure. How encouraging. And so we put these two verses together. God is at work in you for his good pleasure. And and he's uh, he who began a good work in you will complete it, will perfect it until the day of Christ Jesus. Friends, that will inspire you. As I said earlier, do you ever feel like giving up? Don't, because God is at work in you. He's at work in you on the mount in the mountains and in the valleys. He's at work in you in the tough in the times that seem uh, wonderful, and the times that seem really terrible. We need both. You need both in life. You wouldn't really grow if things were always wonderful, and you wouldn't grow if things were always terrible. God gives us both. And I want to encourage you with this. Believe God. Don't let your faith fail. When you go through difficult times like Paul, like Peter did when he denied Christ, Jesus said, Satan is sifting you like wheat, but I prayed for you that your faith will not fail. And brothers and sisters, if you go through tough times, I pray for you that your faith will not fail. And if you know someone else is going through tough times, maybe God wants you to reach out to them and believe in them and have, have faith for them. When their faith is weak, when their faith is, is faltering, sometimes we need to have someone else with greater faith pick us up and help carry us through, help believing God for us. Some of the greatest things in my life for which I am the most grateful for how God has used me is to believe for someone 
who lost faith, and because I kept believing for them, they regained their faith in the Lord. We need one another. If you ever get down, let someone help you. Be vulnerable. Accept their help. We need one another. We're not all independent, you know, uh, heroes. We need others to lift us up and remind us of God's promises to help us turn our eyes back to Jesus. That's what everything, in the, that's all the writings of the Bible, that's what it is. And sometimes you need someone else to help come alongside and remind you and encourage you. And sometimes you need to do, to do that with another. Is that, isn't that true? Let's pray about it, okay? Father in heaven, we thank you that the work you began in us to save us from the penalty of sin and currently from the power of sin and one day from the very presence of sin. We thank you that this good work you've begun, you will finish it. You're going to complete what you started. And we acknowledge that we are your trophy of grace. Your grace is at work in us. You're working in us day in and day out. We acknowledge that. Our salvation's not of ourselves. It's of Christ. We believe that. And because we believe that and our faith, that's our faith, I pray that you'd help each one of us to continue to persevere to work out this salvation with fear and trembling. Help us today, Lord, to be encouraged. If I pray for any who are going through tough times in any way at all, and particularly anyone who might feel stuck spiritually, or they might feel like you're not using them, or they might be doubting their future. Lord, we're asking you to make us 30, 60, and 100-fold Christians. Help us, Lord, not lose heart and give up. And I pray you'd also give us an eye to notice others who might be giving up, others who might be down and discouraged. Help us, Lord, know how to lift them up as well, even by sharing these very verses today. Help us to know how to share these scriptures in such a way as to build people up. We pray these things, and we give you this day to be your servants, your agents, the light in this dark world for Jesus Christ. And this we pray in his name. Amen. Amen and amen. I'll tell you, the word's wonderful to learn it and to pray about it. A lot of people don't pray about the things God shows them. And sometimes just those seconds of prayer, turning what God shows us into a prayer, it's so encouraging because we are reminded it's not of us, it's of God. Hey, so glad to have you along with us today. If you're new, a special welcome. I hope you will join us regularly, be part of this community. Fit it in your schedule, whether live with us at 8.30 a.m. Eastern time or later in the day, but put it in your schedule, lunchtime or on driving home from work. You can even listen to the podcast on the Apple or Spotify platforms. Just search for Tom the Preacher. Put it in your schedule. Make getting in the Word of God and, and, and even allowing me to provide you encouragement, inspiration, and edification. Make it part of your day. It'll make a difference. You'll be a different person next year if you do that day by day by day. So glad to have you along. I look forward to seeing you tomorrow. God bless you, and we'll see you then. Bye-bye.